0: Welcome to another episode of Nashville Anthems, dissecting 80s and 90s country music, and many thanks to Chaps of the Highway for supplying the theme music for this episode. Our goal on Nashville Anthems is to get to the bottom of what exactly makes 80s and 90s country music particularly work, and we hope to get there gradually over time by picking apart the songs played on Satellite Radio's 80s and 90s country station, one at a time. I'm your host, Melton McMainerberry, and if, by any chance, your fate just skipped a beat and it's scared you to death. Take a deep breath, maybe go buy an ice cream, as we try to put into words the DNA of the 1997 Diamond Rio hit, How Your Love Makes Me Feel. That's right, by luck of the draw, Satellite Radio is taking us right back to the Diamond Rio well again, and hey, no complaints here. So, if you haven't already, I hope you'll give How Your Love Makes Me Feel a close listen or two. And pro tip Diamond Rio rewards multiple listens, focusing on just one instrument or one voice each time. I did that on this song. I had it on repeat while running a 5k this weekend and I recommend it. And hey, heads up that I'll be heavily referencing two other songs that it wouldn't hurt you to go ahead and give a listen to as well. Those are our previous Diamond Rio song, That's What I Get For Loving You, and Randy Travis's Deeper Than The Holler. And now let's get into how your love makes me feel. First off, as always, we want to give credit where credit is due. And you can look all this up on Wikipedia yourself, of course, but I'll save you the trouble. How Your Love Makes Me Feel, not That's How Your Love Makes Me Feel, and like I keep wanting to call it, was released by my favorite country band, Diamond Rio, on May 26th, 1997. That's exactly 25 years and four days before this episode is publishing. It was one of two new singles that were tacked onto their Greatest Hits album that year. I used to hate when fans would do that. It would force you to go out and buy a Greatest Hits album full of songs that you already had just to get the new ones. It was back at the CD days. The other tacked on single on the Greatest Hits album was another good one, Imagine That. How Your Love Makes Me Feel went to number one and stayed there for three weeks. So this was a big hit and one of the biggest hits we've covered so far. Songwriters on this one were Nashville veterans Max T. Barnes, who sounds like he should have been on the show Dallas, and Trey Bruce. And credited producers were the band themselves and Michael Clute. Now, we have to acknowledge this out of the gate. And this was just luck of the draw, like I said, because it was only two episodes ago, bookending that mellow Vince Gill interlude. But we want to acknowledge that this song is very similar to That's What I Get For Loving You. It's like, that's what I get for loving you, and that's how your love makes me feel inside. And those songs were only separated by a year. And though they don't share songwriters, they just feel like they were cut from the same cloth, both musically and lyrically, like sister songs, if you will. Musically, that shows up, as both are prime examples of the Diamond Rio sound and what I'm calling, not disparagingly, the Diamond Rio formula. Now we hit this really hard and that's what I get for loving you episode. And it was a lot of fun to get into on that one. So rather than get into as much depth on all of that again here, let me encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. But to summarize, both songs have that rock-solid rhythm section of Brian Prout on drums and Dana Williams on bass guitar. But they have a little more fun on this one maybe, I think, especially in and around the bridge. Let me take a moment to highlight Dana Williams' bass playing in Diamond Rio and in this song in particular, because we did this a little with Brian Prout's drumming in the last one. Dana Williams is the perfect bass player for Diamond Rio. In a band with this much going on, and such tasty, lick-heavy piano, lead guitar, and mandolin, you really need a bass player who, one, is completely rhythmically reliable, and two, picks his or her spots. And both of those describe Dana Williams. I encourage you to give this song a listen and focus the whole time on the bass part, because it's a treat. It's mostly four on the floor, root of chord, quarter notes that are perfectly in sync with Brian Prout's drums. Yeah. That's that solid, rhythmically reliable quality. That's that first requirement that I just mentioned. And But every once in a while, especially toward the end of this song, starting with the bridge, Williams plays some fun little descending lines and other brief but effective licks that stay out of the way of those other instruments I mentioned that are less there for rhythm and more for color. And that would be that requirement number two, those spots that he picks for a little fun. Give it a listen. It is a bass clinic. The song also exhibits that same brightness that we talked about a lot in the That's What I Get for a Loving You episode. This one adds a lot of two chords. The second chord and that four chord repeating pattern in the chorus is the two chord. The song is in the key of C, so that two chord is a D major. The pattern is C, D, I think it's really D7 or like D9 or something, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. The point is the D, F, and G, and that repeats throughout the except it's just shifted up a whole step after the bridge because the song changes key. That two chord is an extra brightening agent as it has a lift to it that kind of keeps the song pointing upward. As with That's What I Get for Loving You, the piano and mandolin dance around above the sea of other instruments and vocals. The song has that heavy major tonality that we talked about as opposed to something in a minor key or something more bluesy. Again, similar to That's What I Get For Loving You, the harmony comes in on the chorus. It features Gene Johnson's bright high harmony like we talked about and the simultaneous switch of Dan Truman from piano to organ. It's like just before dawn, jump in the car We talked about how much that harkened back also to their debut single, Meet in the Middle, in which both of these songs owe a lot to. Because there is, as I said, a Diamond Rio formula, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it, M.O., that fits their makeup, and it just works. That pop twang is all there that we talked about, and that's what I get for loving you, with the bendy, scoopy guitar and vocals, and the bridge that we talked about so much in that episode. This one even does the classic pop move of raising the key a whole step after the bridge, a la Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. So musically, in a nutshell, that's what's going on. And as I said, if you want to spend a little more time with most of that, we do that in the That's What I Get For Loving You episode. But what I really want to get into here is something that started to pop up in various forms in these songs and has begun to take a more definite shape is what I'm calling Rural authenticity. Because That's What I Get For Loving You had something like that. But this song really doubles down on it. And I'm referring to the specific way that How Your Love Makes Me Feel expresses virtually that same all's well with this relationship and with the world's sentiment. That bright, happy message that marries so well with Diamond Rio's bright musical sound. I hinted at this earlier, but a song I want to compare how your love makes me feel too in this specific regard is Randy Travis's Deeper Than the Holler, a song that I hope we eventually get to on this podcast. Still waiting for our first 80s song. Maybe this will be it. Who knows? Now, if you remember that song, it's about a narrator who is explicitly from the country and therefore expresses his love in country terms, specifically natural, outdoorsy country terms. Because he says that's what he knows and what he can relate to. Hollers, that's old school country for hollows, if you didn't know. Rivers, pine trees, snowflakes, robins, and whippoorwills. Those are the things that that speaker compares his love to. And there is a Mayberry style, aw shucksness to it. And even some resentment, frankly, of more urban, if you will, expressions of love. So, How Your Love Makes Me Feel does something very similar. But it's a little less pensive cowboy and a little more crazy redneck. Milton's wife and I were talking about the specific aspect of this song earlier today, and she compared it to something like a bare naked ladies, a certain pop vibe that was going on at that specific time in the '90s. And I can see where she's coming from on that. Let's call this one uh, Randy Travis meets bare naked ladies. So first off, this song definitely has a heavy dose of deeper than the hollers, same all shucks. I lack the education to quote a Shakespearean sonnet, so I'm going to do the best I can with the less sophisticated things I do know vibe. This is explicit right off the bat with the first line. I'm no poet, and I know it. The speaker then contrasts what he's going to describe with the $3 words that say, someone of a higher socioeconomic class might use, as well as to some of the pretty things his subject has heard elsewhere. And in the second verse, he acknowledges that his words probably aren't suitable for greeting cards and such. Now, there's an extra dose of all shucks in that first verse, too, with the line, since you brought it up. So the speaker in How Your Love Makes Me Feel wasn't even planning to describe all this at all. And the implication is that what follows in the chorus is off the cuff. It has a hold my beer feel, right? Especially the next line. It won't sound like anybody else's version of love. As the listener, you're thinking, I don't know where this is going, but it's bound to be entertaining anyway. The speaker in Deeper Than the Holler seems to enjoy writing these rural love poems because the aw shucks expression comes out sounding a bit like false humility in that one, right? It sounds like we have someone who's actually quite at home thinking about what he's thinking about and what he's feeling, but who feels cultural pressure to pose as one who's uncomfortable with what he's doing. That's the pensive cowboy trope I mentioned. But the speaker in How Your Love Makes Me Feel doesn't sound like he's put much thought into this. This is off the cuff, and that's part of what makes it so much fun. It's free, like free-flowing, doesn't feel inhibited or kind of falsely inhibited or something like Deeper Than a Holler does. I would argue that the stream of consciousness feel of the chorus is part of what makes the song so much fun. And a big part of what makes it authentic. Deeper Than the Holler has authenticity too, but it's a different brand. That need for a rural man to keep up the appearance of not being emotional while actually being emotional is real. And it's not just rural, I realize, but that's the particular cultural influence that's at play in that specific case. But How Your Love Makes Me Feel's Authenticity flows from its genuine, messy, bizarre, lighthearted, funny, even maybe incoherent expression of love by someone who wasn't prepared for the question. Let's talk about that chorus. Now, if you're anything like me, your first instinct instinct. instinct upon hearing the setup in the first verse isn't to move to the edge of your seat, but it's more to roll your eyes. Like, oh brother, this is going to get overly sentimental in a hurry, but you hear it and darned if it isn't cute. The whole aimless, free-spirited evening drive at ice cream, pretty irresistible. And I love the bizarre, like, huh? Swerve to the left, the lyrics take with this reference to a cow in the road. (laughs) Where did that come from? I don't know what field that came from, but it, was certainly out of left field. And that's where the point of view isn't just simple. It isn't just middle or lower class. It's specifically rural. I mean, cows are in the country. You don't have a cow in the road in the suburbs or in the city. But now we know that the ice cream is melting in a car driving along a country road. Now, a word on the authenticity of this cow. Boy, never thought I would utter a phrase like that. Oh, pardon the pun there. But this is where Nashville Anthems has taken me, and this is a lot of fun. Anyway, a word on the authenticity of this cow. I've mentioned before that I grew up not specifically in what you'd call the country, per se, not like on a farm or anything, but in a rural setting in the sense that it was a small southern town, not really close to a large city. And that town, and moreover, the surrounding county, had and has plenty of cow pastures, along with chicken houses and things like that. I will say, I don't remember ever seeing a cow in the road. I saw a lot of cows from the road, but the people in my hometown kept their cows safely fenced in their pastures. I never really saw one who had gotten out, that I can recall. But it's still perfectly believable that in a place like that, one may have to swerve to avoid a surprise cow. And cows aside i swerved to avoid plenty of animals in the road. Deer were the big thing you always watched out for in my hometown. And it's no joke, hitting a bigger animal like a deer or a cow was serious business for the animal and for you. Your heart or your fate, I don't quite get that line, anyway, would certainly skip a beat as you were taking evasive action in that case. And that emotional recovery of laughing slash crying does make sense in that scenario, I think we do need to ask how the ice cream came through it, though. We may never know. Anyway, all these kind of zany, fun, cute, out of control, disparate maybe events paint a picture that just hits the right spot in terms of the experiential ring of truth. I like that the speaker even takes the time to say that it's all a true and honest feeling. It feels like the person telling it is loose and fun, maybe even a little bit twisted, and despite the speaker's disclaimer that what he's about to describe is intensely personal and unique, it manages to make you smile and say, "Maybe I'm kind of like that too." And that is how this song makes me feel inside. Let's briefly recap. We quickly hit the similarities between this song and "That's What I Get for Loving You," both of which harken back to meet in the middle and just have that Diamond Rio sound and maybe even that Diamond Rio winning formula. What we spent most of our time on was how this song exhibits this rural authenticity idea that we're starting to flesh out on this podcast. The rural part comes, of course, from the rural setting of which the cow in the road leaves no doubt. And the authenticity is something related to the honesty of the expression and even even the messiness of it, maybe especially because of the messiness of it. There's something that just hits the spot with this song that's a little hard to describe, a little hard to understand, but actually that's our whole project here. So stay tuned and let's see if we're able to put this into words. So with that, let's close the book on how your love makes me feel and find out what song we'll be tackling on the next episode of Nashville Anthems. We spent a lot of time in that early to mid-90s range with this song being the newest, if you will, that we've covered. And I mentioned it earlier, but somehow we have not had any songs yet from the 80s come up for us. Also, some very prominent singers and bands of the '80s and '90s haven't come up yet. Thinking about giants like George Strait, Reba McEntire, Trisha Yearwood, Clint Black, Alan Jackson, Alabama, but our sample size is yet small. So let's expand it by one more. I'm going to pull up satellite radios '80s and '90s country music station right now and see what's playing. Speak of the devil, and he appears. We have Alan Jackson living on love. I look forward to picking that one apart with you in two weeks. Until then, you can email me at meltonmcmainerberry at gmail.com. You can also follow Nashville Anthems on both Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to tell a friend about us. Thanks for listening. Bye now. I gotta go. I gotta jump in the car and buy an ice cream.